Grand raising, everyone. Natalie coming to live. Spirit and coffee. Got the coffee here. Mm -hmm. Yum, 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 yum. Hum. Oh. Money Awesome. That is my hymn for today. <laughs> om, money, pop my om. And if you say om, money, pop my om, uh, my friend in India used to tell me that. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's go on. Hey, GP man. What's up? Okay. Um, we're going to go on to the, so still reading from the Emerald Tablet, Alchemy for Personal Transformation. We'll see how far I can get in before I just start going off on a tangent like I normally do. And whole lectures. <laughs> okay, so uh, Balinese was the third Hermes, right? And then that's where we get this three times great or thrice greatest Hermes referred to in the Emerald Tablet as we know it. Um, so again, he was Balinese. I don't even know if I'm totally saying that correctly. Balin, Balinas, Balinis, Balinas, right. Um, and Balinas discovered the tablet in a cave. Um, and this is where they say he absorbed the tablet's teachings and he brought them into the light of human consciousness. Now, I was thinking about, you know, this morning, I was kind of like thinking people get, there's a, a distinction between the conscious subconscious and unconscious mind and I think people get a little bit misconstrued about the subconscious mind and the unconscious mind and what that might mean now when we understand the difference between the two um, and we understand how we're bringing things to consciousness now here's the deal the unconscious mind which is what mostly young Freud all of them were trying to describe um, is the irrational mind right that so basically if we looked at it from psychological perspective or american psychology if we start looking at it from the western perspective the un the um the unrational there's no rationality to it you can't rationalize it it is the unconscious um the the basic premise for this is that it it acts in i would say metaphors or symbols and we can't really put words or language to it, although we try to. So with you, what does that mean? It means those are the experiences that you have in your life that you can't describe to anybody. So if you've ever had an out-of-body experience, if you've ever experienced multi-dimensions, if you've ever experienced other things like that, you can't really describe it, right? You stumble on the words to try to describe what is happening and really it's because it's a metaphorical piece that is the unconscious mind that's tapping into the unconscious it's not rational it, another way to look at it is uh, being in cyberspace right now if you were to go and download your consciousness into cyberspace your consciousness wouldn't know what the hell is going on it would look irrational and crazy and then you would try to make order and sense of what you were seeing well that's the conscious mind the conscious mind is trying to make sense and order of what we see in the world and what our experiences are telling us. And we try to bridge the gap between the two. Okay. But when we're looking at the imaginal world, which has been taken out of science, and this is a lot of the reason why we can't come up with new storylines. When I talk about us being powerful enough to create a new paradigm, a new way of looking at the world, a new world view, we have to be able to go into the imagination to do that. We can't just do it through science. 
Now, science itself is starting to paint the picture, but then when they went into the quantum world, they started to see, like, what the hell is this, right? It almost looked like what our imagination looked like. They couldn't even explain it. They had no words to describe the quantum world. They're like, we don't get it. It's everywhere and nowhere. It's here and there. It doesn't even exist until we observe it. We don't even know what's happening. Same with us, okay? We are the inner and the outer. We are the unconscious and the conscious. We have the access and the ability to tap into that. So there's the consciousness and the unconsciousness, one irrational, one rational. Okay. That's where they've split up. This is the storyline. So when people go into conspiracy theories or they want to understand, you know, what they used to maybe play trickery on us, right. Or to play out their storylines. Okay. Is they said, Oh, irrational. No, we're rational. Okay. We're not primitive peoples. <laughs> we're civilized. The, we're a modern mind. And they went totally to the left and totally forgot about the imagination. You see, so they can't account for imagination. When people start to tap into this imaginal world, right, and start to create these new ways of existing in the world, they don't know what to do because they don't have imagination. Everything has to be factual. Well, not everything's factual. You tell me that your entire life is a big fact. <laughs> a big fact fat a big fat fact <laughs> sorry so it's not right your life is not a big fact that's bullshit it's not we, most of our life is a big story it's a big made-up thing if we lived by facts we'd everything would be dry boring and wouldn't be fun so most of our life is a story that we made up right and <laughs> And we do this, right? And and you have the um, you have people coming up and saying, you know, don't make assumptions, don't don't uh, because we make assumptions about people, right? And that's what we do. We create these big storylines that aren't even true. So most of what we live in is a story, but we're being programmed by the story. Okay, so it's going back and understanding what is our imaginal space, what is your origin story. Where did you come from? Who are you? Can you tap into these other dimensional spaces where these other energies exist, right? Little G's, right? Little gods and goddesses. Now we're afraid of that. And, and because they've separated the storyline and this goes into religion and how it's arrived and stuff like that. Now people believe what they believe and that's cool. There's no right, wrong, good or bad. But these archetypes do exist, whether you like to believe it or not. Okay, that's the fact. The fact is that we have di several different personalities on this planet. Not everybody's the same. People don't think the same and people don't see life through the same lens. Everybody has their own way of viewing it. Their dreams are different. Okay, so we have the irrational and unrational mind. They separated the two. They started looking at the rational. They forgot about the irrational mind and they said, oh, that's bad. That's dangerous. Don't do it. It's evil okay we need both that's the reality we need both so the rational and rational mind now we have the subconscious mind the subconscious mind is suppressed memories that we've already seen so for instance maybe we had um an experience of trauma in our life okay growing up rather than deal with it in our conscious mind we put it into the subconscious mind 
And then it plays out in the conscious world, even though we don't know it's playing out, it is playing out in some fashion or some form. So when you understand the distinction between those three things, you know that the some people use the subconscious mind as though they're talking about the unconscious mind. And it's two different things if we understood it. Okay. And why? Because it's important. Because the subconscious mind has already seen or brought to light within the conscious mind. In other words, we've already seen or played out what has happened. And it was either something we didn't want to deal with. And then we just kind of stored it away in the back of our mind in a way. That's not the unconscious mind. The unconscious mind is everything and nothing. It becomes the fifth dimensional spaces it becomes almost like you know the hat the magician has the hat and they try to pull out the rabbit we don't know what we're going to pull out when we go to the unconscious mind and it's a scary place and this is where shadow work exists and people are afraid right because it's dark the unconscious if we saw it is this big gooey dark place and we don't know what's in there and so then we go in there and we extract something out of it Sometimes we extract these archetypal patterns that are there, that are very ancient, very archaic, that stay there, and they play out within the storyline of, of human consciousness, okay? So, understanding that. Now, what he did is he took the tablet um, and he brought it into human consciousness, and the tablet being, you know, the laws or God's law, we would say, our natural law. Okay, so the tablet, uh, Book of Balinese, the wise um, on causes. Okay, what are the causes? Um, th let's see. All of these texts, Balinese described finding the tablet in the tomb of Hermes. He spent many years as a teacher and a writer in Alexandria. Um, well, it is extremely difficult at this late date to name the single true author of the Emerald Tablet. Uh, a more basic question remains. Was its author a man or a god? The answer down through the ages has always been both. And whether portrayed as man or God, Hermes is always the revealer of celestial knowledge hidden to mankind and is the ultimate spiritual guide, ready to trick us into following his lead. In many ways, Hermes is like the spirit that reincarnates itself through time to guide us in our struggles towards enlightenment, showing up in every generation, whether we like it or not. Now, Hermes would be, if we looked at it from the cosmic perspective, what we're going through today, which is crazy. If we looked at, at what's happening today, right? And we see that there's this weird, distorted storyline that's starting to play out. We're like, what the hell's, what are we seeing? What's going on? Uh, I don't get it. I'm in the twilight zone. Let me tell you what, last year, I was in the final episode of the twilight zone. <laughs> Things that I never thought could happen, happened. It was weird. I felt like I was in a whole other space and time. Very, very strange. Very strange. I can't even, I mean, one day maybe I'll write a book about it, but it was the weirdest time of my life. Um, and so Hermes, uh, let's see. So we have Hermes coming up and he's like the spirit who reincarnates himself. Um, that must have been what Henry, okay, Longfellow had in mind. So he wrote a poem of Hermes Trismegistus. Um, and here we go. Was uh, he one or many? Merging name and fame in one, like a stream to which converging. Many streamlets run. Who shall call his dreams uh, bellus? 
who has searched or sought all unexplored and spacious universe of thought, who in his own skill confining shall with rule and line mark the borderland dividing human and divine, Trismegistus, three times great, greatest, how thy name sublime has descended to his latest progeny of time. Okay, so time being a, a big piece of it. So we have to understand, well, what is time? How do we utilize time and what does time mean? And so you guys know that I'm doing these workshops on time because time is a key for us. We are experiencing time. Now we can say time isn't real, that we are conceptually saying this, right? We could say, well, time um, time is, is an illusion. Okay, fine, cool. But we're experiencing the illusion. So now, how do we take that concept of time as an illusion into an experience? See, there's a difference. We can talk about things all day long. I can sit here and tell you concepts. You'd be like, yeah, I get it. Cool. This is awesome. But put it, apply it to your life. That's the bigger journey. That is the journey, in fact. Applying these things to your life is what's critical. How do we apply what we're learning conceptually and experiencing it in our life? rather than just talking about it. See, that's where science messes up a little bit. It's more of an observation and a report, not really an experience, but ask the scientists how they feel. Ask them what they're experiencing. Ask them if they're taking care of their health. Ask them what's happening in their body. How do they feel within their body? And guess what? You're gonna get a totally different answer. Do you think they're gonna say, well, Blah, 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 blah. No, they're going to say, I feel like shit or I'm not getting enough rest. <laughs> you think science is going to fix that? No, you yourself as the experiencer are, are going to fix that. You have to put something into motion. You have to be able to experience. Or if they say um, science says whatever it does and then we apply it and then everything falls apart, right? You have to apply it to see if it works. You can't just say factually, yeah, I see that cup. Okay, great. And what? So what? Now what? What do we do with the cup? How do we experience the cup? What are we supposed to be doing with the cup? <laughs> so we get left brain very far away from, right? Um, and time, again, is important. We can't say time doesn't exist within this three-dimensional space because we're experiencing it. Now, we can name it something different. I mean, you know, they, they named it, or they did calendars. I mean, that's an ancient practice, right? The Mayans, all that, they have calendars to mark the time. They have, you know, they were looking at it. And if we saw it from, let's just say, um, ancient mind, right? Where we didn't have a digital technology, which I don't even know. I'm going to say we did have digital technology back then, but let's just say according to anthropologists and archaeologists and whatever biologists that we were just uh, primitive and we just looked at the sun coming up and down. We were still using calculations of the sun and the moon to start to come up with a concept of time. So time did exist to us it's very real to us now we can say it doesn't exist when we look at the quantum world but how does that apply to your life now you try to apply that to your life see what happens try to go back in time try to go forward in time can you try to stop time see if you can
slow time. See if you can slow down time. Can you? So we can conceptualize it. We can say, yeah, when we look at it, time really doesn't exist, but we're still experiencing it. So what do you do with that? That's what's important about this work, right? I could sit here and talk about concepts all day long and I could talk about making it sound so beautiful, but the reality is we got to apply it to our life. We got to get out there and we're the warriors, right? We're the warriors that are out there doing the work. And so when you get out there to do the work, you're experiencing something. Someone slaps you, you're going to feel it. <laughs> it may not hurt, but you're going to feel some sensation in the body. Taste. We're going to taste things, right? We have taste buds. Then we taste stuff. That's an experience. Can you describe it? Well, we can try. But is that really the concept, right? I liked it. Uh, one of my professors says, we can't, because I was really pissed off. I'm like, look, I can't write this paper based on what these other people are talking about. Like, those are their words. I'm using my words. Why do I got to use this, you know, way of thinking? I don't, I want to use my way of thinking. <laughs> so I went off on the paper, but I said, okay, I'll go ahead and entice you and I'll write this with using their terminology, and he said, you know, the reality is, Natalie, that we can't um, we can't um, tangle the map for the terrain, right? Or, or the map is not the terrain. And I'm like, you're right. So we might have words to describe what we're experiencing, right? But the map itself that we're reading is not the terrain. So if we looked at it from that perspective, we could say that, let's say, for instance, these people who were out voyaging around the world um, in boats, right? And they were they were on expeditions and they were sailing. You know, they might have had a map, but what if a storm came? The map can't predict that, right? And there's an experience going through um, what the map is telling us. You know, does that make sense? So in other words, the map isn't the terrain. Same for you. You might have a map for how you see the world, but it's still not the experience of the world that you, the body that you live in. You still don't have, words cannot fully describe or explain. Neither can facts and neither can science. There's this space within us, this imaginal world within us that exists that words will never be able to explain. We can even use symbols, we can use mathematics, we can use whatever it is, but that still doesn't, it's still not the experience that we're having. So we pull them together, okay? Trying to describe is like having to discern who actually won't look at the story. Funny, yeah. So there's a distinction there, okay? So understanding that, again, the conscious, subconscious, and the conscious and the unconscious mind um, very different things. Re understanding from who's talking. Are you talking from what? From the subconscious mind, the unconscious mind, or the conscious mind? The conscious mind, here's another thing that I want to tell you, and you guys probably know this, but I'm still going to say it because people have a very uh, misconstrued idea about an ego and what ego is. You know, it's been, and I'm sure you guys know this, but the ego itself is not a bad thing. People tend to equate ego to someone who's um, pompous or, uh, oh, I'm so grand and wonderful. That's not ego, okay? Ego is healthy. We need a healthy ego. Ego is part of the consciousness. It's part of our understanding who we are. It's what keeps us alive, 
The ego itself is is helps us to see fear or see threat when it comes and helps to keep us alive. So we need a healthy ego. An ego allows us to even view what's happening in the conscious mind. It allows us to be the witness of everything. So the ego is important to develop. If you don't develop your ego fully, you end up with this sort of false self. And I've been doing a lot of um, research in narcissism and trying to understand what is what does it mean? What does that truly mean? Right? Why? Because narcissism is a word that people are throwing around and very lightly. Oh, everyone's a narcissist. Well, to really understand what that is. And I started to read and it's quite interesting and kind of sad in a way where the ego doesn't develop fully. See, people think narcissism is fully developed egos where people think they're perfect. That's not it at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The ego doesn't develop fully. So it can't even recognize what's real and not real because the ego itself can determine what's real and what's not real. It has this self-awareness built into it where the ego in a narcissist is broken and this false sense of self shows up. And rather than the ego driving the car, <laughs> we have this false sense of self driving the car. So it doesn't even know that it's not right. It thinks it's perfect and it has to mirror other people. It has to be able to control everything around it because it doesn't have a healthy ego to be self-aware or self-directed. So what it does is it latches onto itself and the ego dies out. The ego goes away to the background or becomes so small that it doesn't even exist. And then you have this false sense of self where you're living in this false reality. There's you're thinking what is real really happened didn't really happen. And a lot of people with true narcissism forget things. They have like almost amnesia in a way. And they believe that the storyline played out the way they think it played out because they don't have an ego to really discern what was true and not true. Pretty interesting stuff and pretty crazy, right? Um, and pretty and sad. Like literally I cried because that would be terrible to go through, right? To not have a sense of who I am or what I am in the system. So understanding that, right, is critical. The ego itself is healthy. We need an ego to function, to be self-aware. Now, the ego is fear-based, so there is fear ingrained in the ego. And it's up to us to understand what fear is being programmed in there and how to overcome it. So, for instance, my ego doesn't like change. It's afraid of change, right? And most people are. They're afraid of change. Now, the ego thinks that it's going to die off. And it becomes afraid of change because if we're afraid of change, it's because the ego is saying, now what's going to happen to me? I'm going to die. Remember, the ego is our consciousness. It's our ability to discern what is real and not real. It has kept us alive. It's what has kept us alive. So our ego, when it feels like it's going to die off, gets very scared, completely afraid. Okay. And then it wants to just take control. And it's like, hell no, I'm not going to let you put in more information. And it avoids. And so we we have people doing drugs, alcohol, that stuff to avoid what's really there. It doesn't want change. However, 
if you work with the ego, if you have a healthy relationship with your ego, right? Like me, I'm like, look, ego, we're doing this. <laughs> Is that you learn to expand and you expand your consciousness when you allow this to happen, when you allow yourself to go through the fear, okay? When you allow yourself to go through these storylines. And then we grow in consciousness. See, we bring to light what is unconscious into the conscious mind. Or we allow what was in the subconscious mind to be resolved or healed. And then we expand our consciousness and our understanding. And we're able to work with more. We have more to work with now. So we have to remind the ego that it's okay. We're not trying to kill it off. We're trying to expand our consciousness in the waking world so that we, what, we, can, we can work on our divine purpose. We can work on the things that we love so that we can get over the hurdles of the fears that we have so that we could take that trip that we always wanted to take, but we were too afraid to do. Well, why? Because the ego was putting that fear in you. So again, it's the expansion of consciousness. Remember, there's conscious, subconscious, and the unconscious. When anything comes up from the unconscious, the conscious mind freaks out because it doesn't know what to do with the information. It doesn't understand because the, ra the unrational is unrational. And the rational mind or the consciousness in our rational mind wants to make sense of it. And it can't. And it's like, if I can't make sense of it, I'm going to die. <laughs> What's going to happen to me? Everything that I ever question, it's almost like people with spiritual emergency, right? If we looked at people who went through an epiphany or a great spiritual awakening, they freak out. What's freaking out? The unconscious doesn't care because everything is there and nothing's there. But the conscious mind is freaking out. The ego is freaking out because it's like, I'm going to die now. How could, how could this be? Almost to the point where people get sick, right? So the expansion of the conscious mind is not an easy thing. It takes time. And sometimes we have to really question the way that we see the world in our paradigm. And we have to change and shift consciousness in different ways. So it's almost like we're juggling, right? We're juggling between all of these things. We're juggling between consciousness, the subconscious, the unconscious, and we're trying to figure out how to make sense of it all. And then we're expanding. A great way to expand consciousness, um, to, first of all, to deal with the subconscious stuff, which is all of our mommy and daddy issues mostly. <laughs> we put those away in the subconscious mind really good. Um, and then we tap into the unconscious when we're going into these other dimensional spaces, when we do meditation and all that. And that's the unconscious. We're tapping into these very ancient, I like the way my professor said, these ancient archetypal um, energies, these energies that are very ancient, right? And we tap into that. And and then what do we do with it? Well, we we ask our consciousness, we work with our ego, we work through it, and then we expand out. And the way we can work with it is through art and creativity. So a lot of what we do, even in um, psychology, right, is um, people use um, art or mo different modalities to express what's happening in the imagination, what's happening in the irrational mind. That's why we have great artists. Okay. 
So we have these artists that understood how to tap into that space. This is part of alchemy. So if we looked at Leonardo da Vinci, if we looked at um, Einstein, if we looked at all these individuals, they were tapping into the unconscious mind. That unconscious mind allowed them to be creative and come up with new ways of, of working with material in the world around them. So we too have access to that. See, but most people are afraid. They're afraid to tap into that unconscious mind. They're afraid to go there because we've been programmed that it's scary. Don't do it. It's dark there. The unconscious mind is represented by the, the female, right? The, the sacred uh, feminine, right? And then at night, when we think about the moon and all of that, that's when creativity comes out because the moon itself and even the deep, dark ocean is a depiction of what we call the unconscious mind, where we don't know what we don't know exists. They told us to stay away from that 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 was scary. They burnt witches at the stake, right? Why? Because they were doing ritual to tap into the unconscious mind. They did their ceremonies at night. They follow the lunar, the, the moon, which is depicted as the unconscious mind. If you looked in tarot, you would see that. They made us afraid of it purposely. Why? So they can drain your creativity. Now you have to exist in a world of fact and no imagination is there. But guess what? People, there are people in history who remember this and they utilize that and they go and they start to create. And that's why we have these inventions that pop up left and right. And guess what happens to those people? <laughs> they get swooped up by governments. <laughs> the government's like, we better control these people. <laughs> They do. Look at Einstein. Look at all of the people that were tapping into the unconscious and the collective unconscious and creating great works. They, they even too will tell you they didn't do it themselves, that they got this information from another place in time. Well, they're talking about the collective unconscious and we all have access to it. It's not like I'm special or they're special or anybody's special. We're all literally have the same ability to do that of course they're going to tell us we don't because you think they want a bunch of einsteins and teslas and everybody waking up and doing all these things hell no that would take away their power right so then that would just create a different paradigm and their ego is afraid of death and because they're afraid of death they're going to hold on so tightly to their storyline so science should be the answer guess what Science is killing the world right now. <laughs> Science is killing our planet. It doesn't work in harmony with what's natural. In fact, it manipulates it. Okay? It manipulates the, the very thing that we exist on. And it utilizes it for the benefit of what? Few. Crazy, right? It's just a crazy storyline that we're in. Now, how do we change it? Remember who you are. Tap into your unconscious mind. Um, know that you have the power to do that. And then when you extract that, allow the conscious mind to absorb it. Talk to your ego. Have a conversation with your ego. You're not crazy for doing that. 
Of course, they'll tell you you're crazy. Don't tell people you're doing it. If you don't want to tell anybody, you don't have to. I do. I'll tell everybody. I talk to my ego. I'm like, look, we're going through this and you're just going to have to deal with it and just breathe. You're going to be fine. Okay. We're going <laughs> to, this is for our own good. <laughs> and then you go through it. Right. And then, and then this new thing and arises and you're like, wow. And then you create something and then it's like this, like spirit and coffee came from that, right? Came from that connection to the divine and out came this thing. Okay. So it's like a baby that I birthed in a way and you start birthing these babies. Maybe it's art, painting, you know, maybe it's music. Maybe it's like me, Kung Fu, <laughs> going to do Kung Fu, you know, it comes out in several different ways and modalities. And so that's exactly what all of these people were doing. That's the language. You know, they, I don't know that they had a full language, but they understood it. And they were able to, to um, allow themselves to tap into that imaginal world. So allow yourself to tap into the imagination. Allow yourself to utilize that space of the unconscious. Don't stay there, though. Make sure that you're grounding yourself back into the material world because you can lose your mind there, too. So that's where people tend to lose their mind is the in the unconscious realm. Hey, Linga. So when people get into the unconscious and they stay there, um, you tend to have people that can't rationalize in the material world. Remember, we need both. We need the irrational and the rational. And we blend them together somehow to create some kind of an order. But if you get stuck in the unconscious mind, guess what happens? You get lost in the ether. <laughs> then you're floating out into space without any grounding. I know that a lot of you, and I'm going to just say that are some people or don't want to be here, right? There's like the other day, there was an individual on here um, who said, I just want to go home. I'm just done. And then they got off and I think it was shadow, you know, and there was something obviously that I said that triggered that response, right? Of, I just want to go home. Well, yeah, we, we do. It's, it's very difficult. This is not an easy world to live in, but here's the deal. If we find our practices and we ground ourselves, Hey, radio projects. Hey, Barham. Hi guys. So if we ground ourselves on the material world, right? We can't stay in the ether. We will lose our mind. People, this is why um, people go what they call schizophrenia and all these things, right? They're diagnosing them. There's nothing wrong with them. They're just not able to ground themselves to the material world. They need more grounding practices than most people because they can't rationalize what's irrational. I mean, you really can't. I mean, it's nearly impossible, but we can create and we can ground ourselves, right? We can ground ourselves here. We are here and now. Whether we wanted to be or not, well, that's a whole other story, but we're here. And so what can we do while we're here? How can we make the best of what we have now here? I know that the time is weird. I get that the, the storyline is distorted and convoluted. I get it. 
and I and I was talking to a friend the other day that I was feeling very I cried. I mean, I cry for those individuals that again don't feel like they can have they have a choice right now, feeling pressured, not sure which way or which direction to go. Okay. It's going to take creativity and it's going to take us waking up and it's going to take us being able to be creative. We have to be creative in the way that we take our next steps in life, the way that we maneuver through. There's always resolve, even though we think there's not. There's always resolve. And there's always the trickster. Right now, we're playing a game of trickster. Going to take us fooling ourselves. Yeah, our creativity and trying a new path. Amen. That's it trying a new path, which is scary, right? Because we want to rationalize. Here, here's where it comes in. We are so programmed, left brain programmed. We're so programmed on the rational, what makes sense, that we've forgotten how to have imagination. Okay, we were just talking about this the other day. What happens when you try to play imagination? So for all those adults out there who play video games, I don't know how many of you guys out here play video games. Or read comic books, okay, as adults, okay? Say, oh, grow up. That's what they tell you, right? Grow up. You're like a child. So it's bad to have that childlike imagination, but guess what? We need that. That's what's missing right now is the ability to tap into our imagination to create something new. We're not using our imagination because we've been programmed to think very left brain. If it's not factual, it's not real. That's not true. How can we say that that's true? I, I'm not a walking fact. I'm a walking experience. I'm experiencing life. <laughs> I can't describe my experience with facts because the facts are just a, an afterthought. They're just a map, not the terrain. The map and the terrain are two separate things, but we can try to rationalize, okay? We can try to rationalize the irrational. We can try to bridge the two together, and that typically comes out in symbology. That's why we have, like when you're looking at like Masons and you're looking at the logos, everything was done in symbology because they couldn't really describe it through language and logos. It, it it's 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 a different thing. You can't even Carl Jung said it right. The irrational is irrational. You can't rationalize the irrational because it's irrational. <laughs> we don't want to get stuck there, though, right? Empowering beliefs and assumptions. Yeah, tell me what you mean by that radio project. So I'm gonna go a little further. You know, it'd be cool is if we had um, all of the, the people who are truly like, I think I feel like are on to the next phase of their their existence, which I could say radio projects, um, Yuri, RM, Linga, GP Man, with a, a show with all of us. Um, I wonder if we'd be able to get a word in any of us. <laughs> We all try to talk at the same time, I'm sure. We're all communicators, right? Um, that uh, to get on a show to really uh, dive into this kind of stuff, right? 
um, because feeling like the audience or the people that are showing up are starting to to get that there's something beyond the um, what we call the the conspiracy theories, right? That there's something bigger there. That there's this um, thing that's happening um, that's expanding. And, and it's like, well, okay, well, what's next? What the hell are we doing? What do we do with it? We can only talk about it and conceptualize it for so long. Something's got to be done, right? There has to be some movement in it. There has to be a way for us to start to change the dialogue, change the storyline, and start to see different things show up in the world. So how do we get there? That's the question. And I think that individuals in other parts of the world um, are actually experiencing this at a faster rate than others. So I was talking to my friend about individuals in other parts of the world that are actually being faced with, it doesn't feel like a choice. It feels like a pressure, but there's always a choice, right? But those choices, you come to this point where what do I choose? And what I told my friend is, look, these individuals have children. These individuals have families. So the choices they feel that they make are going to impact and have a consequence for everybody around them. Something I'm never going to understand and something he's never going to understand because he doesn't have children and he doesn't have a family. I mean, he does. He has a mom, but he doesn't have his own kids and a wife and all that. Just like I don't have kids and a husband and all that. I can choose for myself with not feeling maybe that guilt that I'm going to screw up my the life of other people around me. So how do we move into that space? Because that seems to be what we're up against right now. So for those with children, those with families, those with that are feeling forced to, into doing something, it is going to be a choice. But I always say, choose powerfully. How do we choose powerfully into the next phase of our life? I cannot give that answer to anybody, and I never would, because it's not up to me to dictate or determine. So people will tell you, you should do this and you should do that. No. You get to have that conversation with yourself, with your family, with the divine, with the creator, and then choose powerfully the next step that you make. But when you choose, choose boldly. I know what I would choose. But that's not me and I'm not you and you're not me. So for those of you facing those very, very, very tough decisions in your life about what to do next and how to move forward, I highly, highly, highly encourage you to really take time with it. You don't have to do, um, you don't have to take irrational steps, right? You can actually start to say, okay, courage is necessary. Thanks, Reader Project. Absolutely. Courage is critical at this point, right? Um, courage in, and will, divine will. When we think about, I was talking about Moses. Moses has been an archetype or an energy or however you want to call it that keeps coming up because right now we need Moses energy. Um, and Moses again stood with his staff, right? He had courage. He had the will. Um, if we looked at it through tarot, again, through the eyes of tarot, um, when we look at wands, they stand with a staff in wands. Because that that depiction of the staff is actually fire energy and divine will. 
courage, right? And the lion we see in strength in tarot, we see them holding the lion's mouth open. And as he's opening the lion's mouth, or she's opening the lion's mouth, what she's saying is, this is my ego, but I have control over it. So when we choose, we choose powerfully without having to fight or force, but we stand firm with. See, Moses didn't fight. Of course, they say he had God behind him, right? Who was like, well, I'll fight for you. <laughs> but he didn't go fighting and killing people. He just said, let my people go. And he had his staff and he was using strength and courage to say that. He didn't have to say, hey, I'm going to just kill everyone. Okay. The storyline, he doesn't. God does. Okay. So whatever you guys believe. But that is the storyline. But still, Moses' energy is needed. Okay. Courageous. So use courage and choose powerfully, whatever your next step is. That's what I'll say. Now, one of the messages I received when I did my outing, um, I did a pilgrimage and I stood out in the land by myself to, to talk to my soul and to find out what my soul purpose is. The message I got, everybody, everybody deserves safe passage, refuge, and protection. And I wear that as the seal of honor, right? And so for you guys, using the same thing. Everybody deserves safe passage. This is not just for the few. It's not just for one or two people. It's not just for the, oh, this person, that person, or the special. No, everyone. It's for the ones who choose, though. You got to choose it. That's the difference. Some people don't choose it. It's not that they aren't special. It's that they don't choose it. <laughs> they don't choose it. It's a harder choice to make in some ways. So everybody deserves safe passage. Everybody deserves refuge. Everybody deserves protection. And that's the promise. And I promise you that you will have it if you believe. It is there for you. So choose. Choose wisely. Not an easy choice, I know. Um. You know, I don't feel that it's, I, I know my belief is that I don't feel that it's right that people feel pressured to do things to their body that um, they don't want to. That is, that's, that's, no. The one thing we're given is our, our body. It's our vessel. It's my body. It belongs to me. So why should I? Because what? Now you're going to take away things? Go ahead. Take them away. But I know what I would choose. See? Never would I tell you guys to choose the same way. And that's not what a, if somebody's, here's another thing. That's as a light worker. Light workers don't force people into what they should or shouldn't do. The choice is yours. That's the beauty of this world is that you get to choose. We cannot choose for you. Sometimes it takes courage to choose into things that other people like the masses don't believe in. The masses don't might not believe in the way you believe. And guess what? That happened to a lot of people in this world. They stand against the grain and they go first. I mean, we could talk about other people that have risen, right, to the occasion of this where people will say, um, we want you to do this. And they say, no, I don't stand for that. I know that it's not right. I know it's not just. 
and I'm going to stand for this. And and I know that I'm standing my ground on this. And then guess what happens? Well, sometimes people get killed and they go as far to, to get killed because of it. It happens. It's happened in history, you guys. It, it repeats itself. And then you have everybody, all these individuals who are like, yeah, stone them to death. I mean, that's how ugly the ego, the um, not the ego, the archons and the eons can get. The sickness and the fear that lives within all of us. It can get that magnified in so many people. It's like the mind flare. That's a better way to kind of look at it. It's a sickness, right? In some ways. And that sickness that that scatters throughout where people can turn from being beautiful individuals to pointing fingers and saying, yeah, stone them, kill them. What? What do you mean? What do you mean to kill a person because they don't want to do something? That's not cool. <laughs> Leave them alone. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but they will and they have. And the storyline plays out that way. And we've seen it even in the Bible. Look at what they did. They're like, yeah, kill him. They were, they were nailing people to the cross left and right, stoning people. And people were cheering about it. Like it was some awesome thing. It is amazing what can happen. So... But it does it have to go that far? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to get that far in this storyline. It could. We repeat history, so probably. Yes, the evil within us all. Yeah, it's there. And if we learn to work with it and overcome it, you see, that's where mastery lies. Because it's funny. The other day I was talking to my friend. I'm like, I'm not going to hurt people if they're trying to coerce me into stuff. And they come and they, I, I'll fight. I mean, I'm taking Kung Fu. I will fight to say, no, this is my vessel. But I'm not going to kill somebody. That's not me. So if that, so take me. So what? So now what? You win? Good job. Congratulations. <laughs> I just know who I am. So it's going to take a lot of knowing who you are and standing firm, but also bravery and courage and whatever you guys choose to do. I don't know that all of you guys are in a situation where you're being forced. Um, I know there are people from around the world um, that are going through this. Um, it's it's coercion um, and experiencing that. And so... If that is the case, um, that's what I say to you. Know what you're choosing and choose boldly and stand firm in your choice. Whatever it is, whatever decision is, and, and whatever reasoning behind the choice that you make is yours and yours alone. Doesn't need to be explained to anybody. There are people who are like, well, I just went and did what I had to do. That's fine. There's no judgment, right? This is not a place of judgment, especially spirit and coffee, because this is not, that's not what spirit and coffee is about. It's alchemy. Spiritual alchemy accepts everything and anything, no matter what we use it all. So it's not to point fingers that people are bad or wrong, or even calling people sheep is not right. And I, the reason I don't like it is because we're doing the exact same thing that they're doing. We're becoming them. We just don't even realize it. People are choosing what they choose because they don't know anything else, number one. Are they afraid, number two? 
And why are we, or why do we have the right to um, point fingers at what people choose? We don't. That's not alchemy. That's not light work. Light work says, okay, you chose what you chose. Did you choose powerfully? No. Okay. Well, if you didn't choose powerfully and you felt forced into it, why didn't you stand up for yourself? Why not? I was afraid. What were you afraid of? There's a lesson to be learned in everything. And rather than point fingers and treat people like shit, why don't we find out why? Why don't we have enough care and concern to understand what the individual's going through? I, I did it because I wanted to save my family. Okay, cool. Do you feel good about the decision? Yeah, okay. So it's going to get that way. And I know that so many people right now are going through that around the world. And, it, and I, the thing is, is I can stand firm in my belief, but my belief doesn't matter. What matters is you guys have a choice and for you to understand that. And guess what? People are going to choose to do it because they want to live in the system. Some people may walk away and live outside the system. And, it, and they may say, okay, well, take me, beat me, throw me in a camp. I don't care. I'll go through whatever I need to. I'm not going to do it. I'm standing firm in my choice. Not easy. This is a weird time, you guys. I'm telling you, Scotland um, have made it law now. I'll never take this shot, but I need to look into exemption cards because I believe we can have our cake and eat it. Okay, do that, right? Is there a religious exemption? Awesome. And health exemption. Thanks, Radio Projects, for coming on. I'm effed. <laughs> I'm not going to say because I'm on Facebook as well. Uh, I'll have to choose between brick and, uh, yeah, no kids. Different decision. We might need to start a religion. No, let's not start a religion, Radio Projects. Let's start spiritual alchemy again, where we come into a space of, um, like I said, understanding how to work with the imagination. How do we step into that space, right? I would almost go as far to say that you individuals that are on here right now, um, you're looking for your your next, I'm guessing this, your next step. What is it we do? How do we choose powerfully? Um, I would even go as far to say that we ourselves can have um, dialogue, right? Um, oh, we need, to, oh, I see what you're saying, Radio Projects. Start a new religion so that he can get an exemption. Got it. I see what you're saying. <laughs> that's a, that, okay, that's an imagination. I get it. Now I see what you're saying. Tell them you're a spiritual alchemist and that as a spiritual alchemist, um, you follow natural law and not the manipulation of natural law. And so in that, you can't put anything in your body that has been compromised. <laughs> I don't know. Um, just a thought. So I think with us on here, um, and I'm seeing sort of this um, uh, common theme with some of some of your individuals um we could if you chose to do a private group um and i would say i can set it up in the private group of you know a collective of minds that can start start to explore what what is it going to take for us because we're not in the same place right we're all coming from these different storylines some people are coming from a space where it's making, they're forcing 
um, or they're giving you no other option almost. You do have other options, of course, but how do we start to create, um, yes, a mastermind group. How do you start to then create and shape a new existence? How do you create a new world? How do you start to bend the 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 paradigm or the the way that the world is is seen? What is it that we do? And yes, we could start a group, and the group being um, not a group to talk about the conspiracies, but how do we reshape the paradigm? How do we support ourselves into something new? What is it that needs to happen? What steps need to take place? How do we support each other as a collective to start to think about this different different? I'm going to join the Church of Flying Spaghetti Monster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, when it, we're going to build our own uh, earth in the sky, right? Like our own <laughs> world in the sky, which is sad. We have a beautiful planet. What are we doing? We're so weird, man. Our species is so convoluted weird. Oh my God. Why do we even have to come to these conversations? Why are we so weird? I don't understand it. I don't understand some people. I just don't get it. <laughs> I'm never going to get it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So why don't you guys email me? Um, because I feel this calling and need to support in some way. And um, how do we start to support each other and become creative together as a collective, right? Not get stuck on the left brain stuff, but the imaginal world. The how do we create something new? What would it look like? How do we join forces to um, support each other through this next phase? Right. Because it's a spiritual warfare, number one. But two, it's starting to materialize. So how do we get through that material phase now? What is it that we do? How do we support each other? How do we lock arms? Um, I would say do this spirit and brew at gmail.com now each one of you who would like to be a part of that email me um i would like to perhaps have a dialogue between um some of the individuals on here who i something's telling me um obviously Ram radio projects um gp manlinga all of you um individuals who would like to do that but just email me and we can look and see how do we uh, support each other? You know, how do we uh, transition into? You guys deserve safe passage and refuge and, and protection. How that happens, I don't know. But I do know that it's a promise. And I know, do know that that promise is gifted to you equally, right? It's not just one or two people in the world. It's anybody seeking refuge. So how do we figure that out? Okay, if you guys are interested, just email me. And yes, it could be a mastermind group. It could be um, a mastermind group. Um, they call it, um, uh, I forget what they call it. It's not the mastermind. Anyway, I can't think of the word. You might think of it. Will do. Do it on WhatsApp. Okay, we could create a WhatsApp. Just email me. Let's see, Telegram. Okay, I don't know all the different ways that we can communicate that might even be offline or uncensored or um, whatever. Um, but the Telegram, I don't know what that is. So you guys might have to teach me something new in technology, <laughs> which is fine. But I'm willing to... Uh, unite these individuals, pull them together so we can figure out what, what it is. What do we do? 
what now what right telegram is good okay i don't know what telegram is everybody's seen telegram i'm glad y'all think it's good <laughs> i think it's great if you think it's great i just don't know what it is uh send me the details one of you baram maybe perhaps i think you're the one who recommended it we can jump on a zoom call if you want yeah tele telepathically telegram amen can we telepathically we could telepathically teach talk to each other <laughs> in telepathy in telepathy tell you yes net nettle patella i can't say it so there you go yeah let's get a group together i'm i'm totally open for that um and i can do a zoom call we could do zoom i don't know if that's censored or not censored i'm down to just go off censoring if y'all want whatever um either way is good send me your on your on the email send me your um send me your phone number send me i'll obviously i'll have your email and then what i'll do is i'll talk with um i think baram if you want um to figure out a way that we can interconnect everybody and then we can figure out a way to go offline um perhaps uncensored video calls if needed okay telegram is okay um okay cool let's do it um i'm here to support you guys in whatever way that i can um and figure out what what is next for you um where there's a will there's a way that's all i'm gonna say and we do have the will so stand with your staff be firm um and and we can figure it out um totally and i appreciate you guys really honestly and truly um it's gonna take a, a whole bunch of us right to figure out what's next because we're we're connected in different places and spaces and but we do have this opportunity and it is possible right we're up against a big mind flare <laughs> we're gonna have to go offline completely but if i think we bring our our resources together we can come good sounds like a religion to me <laughs> yes it will take communication totally not religion um but um an opportunity to recreate something new <laughs> awesome so um i totally love you guys appreciate you guys this went a lot longer than i had expected glad that everybody showed up i can see a trend coming from you guys um but just know that i hold you guys in my prayers and my thoughts um and i'm doing what i can on my end to support um the, the best way that i know but i want you guys to know that you guys are always on my mind and in my heart i'm really 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 i mean talking about it all day every day i had a big kind of yelling at my friend the other day because he you know i'm like we live here in the u.s and people taking their precautions to get ready because they see what's happening everywhere else but i'm like there's people who right now don't understand we can't understand what they're going through because we're not going through it so i had to yell at him a little bit <laughs> no it's not you don't understand <laughs> and you don't have a family you could just take off i'm glad for you but what about these other people like i'm not leaving anyone behind that doesn't want to no together we rise not alone together okay awesome so you have it thank you guys so much uh love you guys very very much um and hopefully we can all interconnect soon um very very soon actually i think this is timely in fact i'm being told 
by the divine power <laughs> that this is something that needs to be looked at right right away not not something that needs to be hanging out for a while so let's get on it okay all right love you guys have a fantastical day and i'll be talking to you very very soon bye, -bye.